Welcome back to Max Madness. Oh, guys, here we are. We're doing it. Doing it We're doing again. it again. Uh, and, and what are we doing this week? Well, this week we are uh, starting what I anticipate being uh, a, what I, I roughly guess will be three parts of our history of Reconstruction in America. Yeah. And uh, when I say history of Reconstruction in America, I mean the generic, bougie, um, understood history of Reconstruction in America with as little deviation as possible. Because that is... Yeah, we're, we're going to get the the other view of Reconstruction from Black Reconstruction. Exactly. And if we want to dive any deeper, a uh, book I certainly would not be against us reading at some point would be Hammer and Ho. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, there, there, but, at no point would I ever turn down reading Hammer and Ho. Yeah. Uh, but for now, this is the, the quote-unquote official, official um, reconstruction. And I want, I, I think, again, it is, I, you know, could we spend, I could I could probably spend my life trying to create a uh, uh, another version of this or a mm-hmm. condensed version of this, but uh, that would probably just end up being black reconstruction in America. And this is going to cover things that have, you know, that have happened since Du Bois's death and, and, yeah. and different. Again, I just want to, I want to give for anyone who slept through their high school history class on the reconstruction era in America, or they didn't teach it or you forgot. Cause it's been a hot second. Um, what the fuck it is that Du Bois is actually responding to. Yeah, this is setting the parameters for Black Reconstruction. Black Reconstruction will be our our dive into what what really happened from that black perspective. This yes. is this is the setting, the background. Exactly. 3 episodes of the background. Oh, again, if I can do it in 2, I promise you I'm going to try. Yeah. I I want to do it in 2. I'm just setting the expectation for David more than anyone else of strap in. Uh <laughs> strap in. Uh there there's a lot of notes. Okay. The Reconstruction Era in America was defined as a period that lasted from 1863 to 1877. Uh, This was noted as the period where the Confederate States came back under the control of the U.S. Army after they lost that uh, War of Northern Aggression, as my grandparents (laughs) still call it. Um, um, I wish I was lying about that. Uh, President Lincoln set up reconstructed governments in Tennessee, Arkansas, and Louisiana during the war. He experimented by giving land to blacks in South Carolina, which will be a huge, 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 huge thing going mm-hmm. forward. Um, South Carolina is seen by both sides as a, a test tube for for what, what this was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and by fall of 1865, uh, new president and everyone's favorite, Andrew Johnson, uh, declared that the war goals of national unity and ending slavery had been achieved. So 1865, we're done. Yeah, wow, that's fast. We, we nailed it, guys. Two years. Two years. Crushed um, it. Nailed it into, I mean, just dunked it. Um, so Republicans in Congress, now again, the other thing we're going to get into quite uh, frequently is this was uh, this is that fun time right in the Republican-Democrat. Yeah, when they, before they switched. So. Yes, before they, they took off their things and flipped their mustaches yeah. and went to bizarro versions. So just, yeah, before um, Strom Thurmond, was that the guy's name? Kind of yeah. flipped, flipped the parties. Yeah, um, good old Strom. Yeah, so. everyone loves Strom Thurmond. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so again, when I say Republic, again, we all—if you're listening to the show—you don't give a shit. You know they're all garbage, but just mm-hmm. know that this is not—you know—we're not talking about Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell Republicans no, we're, and Democrats. Yeah, There's- we're we're basically talking about friggin' when we say when we say 
uh, Republicans. That's that's basically the the you know Nancy Pelosi most closely aligned to the Dems today. To, but it's so thing. materially different that it doesn't even really bear that. Yeah, because even then Republicans were still kind of a free market thing. That's and, what that's yeah. like when when Republicans in Congress now try to claim they're the party of Lincoln, and it's like fuck off. Yeah. One, as you're going to find out throughout this, Abraham Lincoln was a bit of an idiot. So maybe that <laughs> analogy is more apt than it should be. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, no, not even then you're not. No, no. you're not. Just shut up. No. Just shut up. So bear with me as the term. The terms will be flow. I think as, as it goes, it'll make more sense. And yeah. you'll, you'll pick it up because you're all smart people and that's why you're here. Um, Republicans in Congress refused to accept Johnson's lenient terms, uh, probably justifiably so. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they rejected and refused to seat new members of Congress, some of whom had been high ranking Confederate officials a few months before. Again, I can see that. Yeah. I can understand yeah. that. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds, sounds solid to me. Um, Johnson broke with the Republicans after he vetoed two key bills that supported the Freedmen's Bureau, uh, another concept that we'll get into, um, and provided federal civil rights to the freedmen. The 1866 congressional elections turned on the issue of Reconstruction, and it produced a sweeping Republican victory in the North, providing the radical Republicans, which is, again, now imagine a more harder left, quote-unquote, version. So, again, mildly left by yeah. any standards. Yeah. Um, with suffi- they provided them with sufficient control of Congress to override Johnson's vetoes and commence their own radical reconstruction in 1867. Mm-hmm. So, so we get this term radical reconstruction. It's being done by people who thought that Johnson just saying in two years you've solved uh, slavery and all of the re- you know integration issues, that's not quite far enough. You need to do more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and these are the kind of things that get told. There's a reason we don't mind the term radicalize. We want to radicalize people. Hell yeah. Radical is, is it's, it's neutral. It's it's, it's like guns and books, right? Exactly. It can be very, very good or very, very bad. It depends on who's wielding it. And, yes. And radicalism in this case was good. Yes. And the, saying the term radical Republicans as if they're the sort of good guys. Yeah, that's a weird one. It, <laughs> Even if I know the history. It does strike it's you. It's a weird one. It does strike you on or about the head a little bit in ways that you don't want to be struck. But yeah, it's there. It's yeah. there, baby. Yeah. Um. So, in that same year, 1867, Congress removed the civilian governments in the South and placed the former Confederacy under the rule of the U.S. Army, except in Tennessee, where anti-Johnson Republicans were already in control. So, now you have military rule, essentially, yeah. in the South, which... Oh, uh, my God, authoritarian. Well, yeah, but uh, they just... Again, and we're... Yeah. Oh, guys, we're going to get into so many dumb, dumb things as we go through this, but... Yeah, would, but this is where, like, the whole states rise states rights dog whistle stuff kind of what right did they lose again yeah what What was was the only difference in the constitution what right what was the right i just i just gotta make sure i remember which right they lost oh oh the slavery the slavery thing that's right it was the slavery thing what just a little bugaboo a little bit of a tiff um so the army conducted new elections in which freed slaves could vote, probably a good thing, mm-hmm. uh, while whites who had held leading positions under the Confederacy were temporarily denied the vote and were not permitted to run to op- for office. Again, authorita- very authoritarian. Yeah, yeah. Not allowing the the active, <laughs> active combatants in a civil war to just walk back into Congress. Um, how dare they? In 10 states, not including Virginia, coalitions of freedmen, recent black and white arrivals from the North. That's your that's your carpetbaggers, mm-hmm. guys. That term that you've you've heard a hundred times, but you 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 didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it meant. No one knew what it meant. Um, that, that was just white folk uh, that came down or uh, freed black uh, people that came from the North down into the South during Reconstruction. Yeah. Uh, white Southerners who supported Reconstruction, they were called scalawags. 
Oh boy! Now that's a fun one. I'm sorry. That's I. I I'm okay like a being a scallow. I'm okay being a scallowag. Uh, that, that just feels good. Yeah. Cooperated to form a Republican biracial state government. So now you've got you know blacks, whites ruling together in the South. Hey, it's the black belt. They probably should do that. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, we've read black Bolsheviks, so we kind of know that that didn't exactly work out. So what yeah. happened? Uh, they introduced various reconstruction programs, including funding public schools, establishing charitable institutions, raising taxes, funding public improvements such as re- improved railroad transportation and shipping. Uh, all of those sound pretty good. Yeah, I'm good with every single one of All of that of sounds pretty okay. Um, and again, you can see why immediately, this is the fun, I want, and I want to do this throughout because I think it's it's very easy to see where this thread's going to go. Um you can immediately see why the 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 South is going to reject that. Yeah, raise taxes, support pu- funding for public schools, charitable rate. You know all of these things. Who is that going to impact? Yeah, it's going to impact the fucking people that just lost their slaveholders that that had all the free labor in the world and been exploiting it they, for hundreds of years. They've already lost their free free. Uh, they've labor lost their free labor and pay more taxes. And now you're being, so you're almost get, you're getting doubly. You lose the free labor. That's one thing out of your pocketbook. Yeah. Then they want to. Then they raise taxes on you. That's another dip. Your your life is completely. And again, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not. This is not. I'm not saying this in a sympathetic way by any stretch of the imagination. But they completely destroyed your way of life. That's how you view yeah. it. It's war. It's still war. Yeah. And you only win wars through force. So yeah. you, if you weren't, if you don't force through Reconstruction. It's not going to happen naturally. Because I mean, we've been very clear about this this on our show since State and Revolution. It's not like you're going to hit Revolutionary Day. And go, hey, we did it! Yeah, and if there's any, the revolution, the Emancipation Proclamation should kind of prove that. Yeah, we had a day. We yeah. said everyone's free. Was everyone free? No, no, no. no. We all and know this. This was the effort to correct that, and and we're going to yeah. see, yeah, exactly what happened there. So, but again, their 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 policies, their plans were uh-huh. all very, very. I mean, again, especially at that time, yeah, they were building. And that was the other thing that they argued um, and that Du Bois is going to, I think, argue to a certain extent is this is a very radical self-determination. This is completely ch- changing your your method of governance yeah. by your own choice. That That is a revolution in certain yeah. instances of the oh, world very much. certain the, definitions the Civil of the War, world. The end of the Civil War and especially Reconstruction is far more revolutionary than the American Revolution. Reconstruction, especially for yeah. the African-American community, for the black community – this yeah. is a revolution. This is Absolutely. entirely changing your way of life. It changes your your relationship to the means of production for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, th- this is a revolution, and that's I think what Du Bois is going to argue is that that should be where this is placed. And then why is it then that it's absolutely not how we talk about that? Yeah. Um, and we've got through almost a page, guys. Sweet. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. Um, conservative opponents there it is see it's much more it's much easier to identify them when they just say what they are which are conservative conservative opponents called the republican regimes corrupt Uh, that always comes up isn't it yeah uh instigated violence towards freemen and whites who supported reconstruction Hmm? yeah there we go um most of the violence was carried out by members of the Ku Klux Klan. There you go. Yeah, okay. It's the yeah, Klan, that was, gang. That wasn't a hard one. It's the Klan, a secretive yeah. terrorist organization closely aligned with the Southern Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And again, this is that time where the Republicans now will come out and go, well, but the Democrats supported the Klan. No, you guys, your dad the supported the Klan. Klan. You Just stop it. 
Stop yeah. playing with words. But this was essentially America's first venture into the brave Mujahideen. Was their the first the, the plantation Mujahideen. David, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for t- you knew that I was overworked and over over stressed <laughs> yes. doing this, and you knew that we needed to get in a reference to the brave Mujahideen fighters. Yes. And you yes. have now created the plantation Mujahideen fighters. Yes. yes. And I hate, and I hate, I hate saying that Mujahideen has an actual meaning that is abused. Every sentence of that's awful. Bastards. Every sentence of that's awful. <laughs> and I, I love it. I just thank you. Thank you for taking my role, my role seriously. I appreciate it. Um, Klan members attacked and intimidated blacks seeking to exercise their basic civil rights, mm-hmm. as well as Republican politicians in the South that favored those rights. Yes. One such politician murdered by the Klan on the eve of the 1868 presidential election was Republican Congressman James Hines of Arkansas. Widespread violence in the South led to federal intervention by President and famous drunk Ulysses S. Grant in 1871, mm-hmm. which suppressed the Klan. Good. All right. Point point in Grant's favor. Yeah. Suppressing the Klan? Good. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's got a lot of dumb shit. Teapot Dome? Not as good. Not as good. But, but Less good. Less good. But suppressing the Klan? Good. And this Solid. was on the backs of the guy that, like, you know, led the, the Union Army. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, he's got some things yeah, he, did some, he did some okay things. He did some good things. We, the yeah. Union Army wasn't probably a great group of people anyway. We are, they're Americans, but after all, they're sure, probably but, shitheads. But, but, but on the side of that battle. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why did we turn into Seinfeld for two minutes? What the fuck just happened here? Um, a deep national economic depression. Oh, no. We skipped that. Uh, pause again for edit. And for David to chuck his water discreetly. <laughs> just, just, See, it was gonna, good advice. It's going to be an edit. It's going to be an edit fest. It's just going to be what it is. A deep national economic... I did it again! I did the same fucking thing! I did it twice! How? How is this possible? How am I this... How am I this bad at the one thing I should ostensibly be okay at? All right. Nevertheless, white Democrats calling themselves redeemers, which, if you... I mean, that's a... That's a thing. Yeah. Regained control of the South state by state, sometimes using fraud and violence to control state elections, sometimes doing a lot of work there, sometimes yeah. just, sometimes just stretching its legs and really <laughs> doing some work on that one. Um, a deep national economic depression following the Panic of 1873. Remember, there were no depressions before the Great right, Depression. Right, they were all panics. They were all panics. Yep. Led, to a ma- led to major Democratic gains in the North. The collapse of many railroad schemes in the South and a growing sense of frustration in the North. Again, the economy goes bad and you've raised taxes to try and pay for these things. Ah, we have scapegoats now. Fun. Yeah. Let's do that. The end of Reconstruction was a staggered process, and the period of Republican control ended at different times in different states. With the Compromise of 1877, military intervention in Southern politics ceased, and the Republican control collapsed in the last three state governments in the South. This was followed by a period which white Southerners labeled redemption. Oh, God. Yeah, they, you've got the Redeemers, now they're getting their redemption. God. This feels very, like, three percenter, yeah. yeah, Oath Keeper bullshit. <laughs> It, it very much does. It's, very does. It's along the same lines. Yeah, yeah. it's very good. Um, during the white, which white dominated state legislatures enacted Jim Crow laws, and beginning mm-hmm. in 1890, disenfranchised most blacks and many poor whites through a combination of constitutional amendments and election laws. Again, just another example of it is it is class as well as race. They go yes. hand in hand, and there is a lot more solidarity there than would be led to believe. Yeah, and so you can't you can't erase that these are independent struggles. Yes, and you can't. You can't um, 
prioritize class over race because they go hand in hand. Yes. Uh, but they're struggles against the same enemy. And exactly. you have to fight these distinct struggles and you you have to be in lockstep. You can't do you can't do a bougie um revolution against race because garveyism is just not going to do it and you what? are never you're never we can't never, do garveyism and you're never going no. to do a class reductionist uh paradigm that that just magically solves racism you know i mean there's a reason socialist countries actively address racism it just doesn't go away magically with socialism it just only can be addressed once you've gotten rid of the capitalism correct and getting rid of the capitalism would probably be a lot better uh yeah. at getting rid of the racism than any of the other attempts at getting rid of the racism because yeah, if you vice, don't attack that base you're still going to have some problems yeah and vice versa if you're truly attacking the racism genuinely attacking the racism it's going to dissolve out the capitalism and, and break down class too so it doesn't matter you know which one wins first or the same time or whatever you need to be battling on on these fronts together along with anti-imperialism of course 100 the white southern democrats memory of reconstruction played a major role in imposing the system of white supremacy and second class citizenship for blacks using laws known as jim crow laws i'm going to read that sentence again because it is crucial to mm-hmm. what we are doing here the white southern democrats so that is the racist ones, yeah, the bad ones, the one, the 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 ones with the clan hoods. Their memory of Reconstruction played a major role in imposing the system of white supremacy and second class citizenship for blacks using laws known as Jim Crow. That mm-hmm. is their their retelling of it in their own head, their conception of it, their view of it is what set this up. Mm-hmm. So into what happened. Reconstruction addressed how the 11 rebel states in the South were going to regain what the Constitution calls a Republican form of government. <laughs> a republic if you'll have it, sir. Whatever. That dumb Twitter quote going around. Uh, and be reseated in Congress. So how do you bring these folks back in the fold? The civil statutes of the former leaders of the Confederacy and the constitutional and legal status of the freedmen, especially their civil rights and whether they should be given the right to vote. Intense controversy erupted throughout the South over these issues. We kind of already hit on this. The laws and constitutional amendments that laid the foundation for most for the most radical parts of Reconstruction were adopted between 1866 and 1871. By the 1870s, Reconstruction had officially provided freemen with equal rights under the Constitution, and blacks were voting and taking political office. So we, we've got that going by the 1870s. Yeah. Republican legislatures, coalitions of whites and blacks established the first public school system, numerous charitable institutions, and numerous charitable institutions in the South. While paramilitary organizations, especially the Ku Klux Klan and the White League and Red Shirts, formed with the political aim of driving out the Republicans. They also disrupted political organizing and terrorized blacks to bar them from the polls. President Grant used his federal power to effectively shut down the KKK in the early 1870s. Then that didn't work out great. No. Uh, though the other smaller groups continued to operate. From 1873 to 77, conservative whites that called themselves Redeemers regained power in southern states. They constituted the bourbon wing of the National Democratic Party. And them co-opting my favorite form of liquor is uh, a travesty of justice, <laughs> and I won't stand for it, good sir. Uh, In the 1860s and 70s, the terms radical and conservative had distinctive meanings. Conservative was the name of a faction. It was often led by the planter class. So, again, just as bad as you'd imagine they'd be. Uh, Leaders who had been Whigs and were committed to economic modernization built around railroads, factories, banks, and cities. So, everything bad. (laughs) All the bad things. They liked those. Um, Because we like trains. Socialists like trains now. But back then... Trains are bad. 
because they were all run by the Mr. Monopoly man. That's right. And the Rockefellers and just no, just no. Um, it was all monopoly capitalism. It's, it was oh, I mean, it still uh, is. It's just yeah, no, it was it was it was. It was um, it's I, just it's just in its imperialist form. That was that off. was more the uh, the robber baron level. It was literally that's robber barons. That's what I'm looking for. The word robber yes. barons back then. The liberal or yeah, most of the radical Republicans in the North were men who believed in integrating African Americans by providing them civil rights as citizens along with free enterprise. Mm-hmm. Most were also modernizers and former Whigs. The liberal Republicans of 18. 1972 shared the same outlook, except they were especially opposed to the corruption they saw around President Grant and believed that the goals of the Civil War had been achieved and that federal military intervention could now end. So, as always, combining the term liberal and Republican just gives you the worst of everything. Yeah. Passage of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments is the constitutional legacy of Reconstruction. Uh, The Reconstruction Amendments established the rights that led to a Supreme Court ruling in the mid-20th century that struck down school integration. That's Brown versus Board of Education. Don't know why I didn't cite it as such. A second Reconstruction sparked by the Civil Rights Movement led to civil rights laws in 64 and 65 that ended legal segregation and reopened the polls to blacks wild that it took that long. Mm -hmm. Reconstruction played out against an economy in ruins. The Confederacy in 1861 had 297 towns and cities with a total population of 835,000 people. Of these, a hundred... Of these 162 cities, with 681,000 people were at some point occupied by Union forces. So you got to imagine... All two thirds of your of your of your country of your land of your of your region was occupied at one point or another. Um, Eleven were destroyed or severely damaged by war, including Atlanta and Sherman marching to the sea, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, with an eight, uh, so Atlanta had an eighteen sixty population of ninety six hundred. Charleston, Columbia, and Richmond with pre war populations of forty thousand. Uh, 8,100 and 37,900, respectively. Uh, The 11 cities that got just sacked uh, contained 115,900 people, or 115,000, yeah, 900 people, according to the 1860 census, or 14% of the urban South. So you wiped out about 15% of the urban population of the South. Okay. or you at least occupied that region. Sure. The number of people who lived in the destroyed towns represented just over 1% of the Confederacy's combined urban and rural populations. The rate of damage in smaller towns was much lower. Only 45 courthouses were burned out of a total of 830 in the rural areas. So again, you're seeing it more concentrated in the cities than you are in the country. Farms were in disrepair, and the pre-war stock of horses, mules, and cattle was much depleted. 40% of the South livestock had been killed. South's farms were not highly mechanized because why would you when you have free labor? Yeah, you don't right, need right. the benefits of mechanization when your labor cost is zero. Uh, but the value of farm implements and machinery, according to 1860, was around 81 million, and it was reduced by 40 percent by 1870. So in 10 years, you reduce the, the you know all the value of their farm implements and machinery by 40 percent. Transportation infrastructure was completely destroyed. Uh, what little railroad and riverboat service was available to move crops over the market was just destroyed. Uh, railroad mileage was located mostly in rural areas. Over two-thirds of the South's rails, bridges, rail yards, repair shops, and rolling stock were in areas that the Union Army reached, and then they were systematically destroyed because okay. that's what you do. You're in yeah, war. It's a war. Yeah, it's a war. Even in untouched areas, the lack of maintenance and repair, the absence of new equipment, and the heavy overuse by retreating uh Confederate forces and the deliberate relocation of equipment by the Confederates from remote areas to the war zone ensured the system would be ruined by the end of the war. Restoring that infrastructure, especially the railroad, became a very high priority for any reconstruction state government. 
the enormous cost of the Confederate War took a high toll on the South's economic infrastructure. Obviously, yeah. you again destroyed their means of production entirely. Yes. Yeah, um, which is a good thing, mm-hmm. but that's what you which what you did. Yes, uh, people had to resort uh, when the war ended. Oh yeah, the direct cost of the Confederacy in quote unquote human capital. Yeah, yeah, gotta love that. Gotta love that, guys. It's good, isn't it? Government expenditures and physical destruction from the war was three point three billion. Uh, by early 1865, the Confederate dollar was worth nothing. By the, uh, <laughs> surprise! Sucking Confederacy. Suck. When the war ended, Confederate currency and bank deposits were worth zero, making the banking system a near total loss. How it wasn't a total total loss? Like, what did you like yeah, recycle the paper? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what Confederate bankers were doing or something. They like. sell the buildings. I, I mean, it may, honestly, it might have been. Um, you just scratch out Jefferson. Davis's face and draw Grant's face on there or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> people had to resort to bartering services for goods or else try to obtain scarce union dollars. With the emancipation of the Southern slaves, the entire economy of the South had to be rebuilt, having lost their enormous investment in slaves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, oh, guys. Boy. We had a slave bubble. The old slave bubble burst. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, God. Oh, no. Wiped out my slave 401k. Oh, oh no. no. God, it's just so. I, I keep harkening back to the uh, uh, citations needed episode on the Economist this week, and just how the Economist yes. talked about slavery. It just yes. the, how just the detached psych- yes. psychopaths. They I were. was very pleased when they they opened with the the Lenin and the. Oh, you have to yes. come on! They're the most famous critiques of the Economist <laughs> ever. They're brilliant. Um, but yeah, so you've you've completely you've completely destroyed it. Um, having lost their enormous investment in slaves, white planters had minimal capital to pay freedmen working freedmen workers to bring in crops. Mm-hmm. As a result, a system of sharecropping was developed, which we know about, in which land landowners broke up large plantations, rented small lots to freedmen and their families. The main feature of the southern economy changed from an elite minority of landed gentry slaveholders into tenant farming agriculture systems. So, this is another point where I kind of want to stop because there is some Marxist there is some some Marxist analysis to be had there. Okay. Um the white planters all their capital was built up in Slaves. Sure. That was their version of capital. It was the thing that they had that allowed yeah. them to keep re- M to M prime that whole thing all over again. Yes. Yeah. We know for a fact that capital tends to be handed down linearly and generationally, and it, sure. it, it goes, it grows. Why you have family, you know, familial wealth and all of that kind of stuff. Um, when you suddenly, there's very few times in human history that you have been able to so easily and so systematically remove that capital. Mm-hmm. Because again, when that capital is people right. in the form of slavery and emancipation suddenly ends that, it is a it, it is as swift a way to remove that capital without giving you a yes. way to reproduce it. Yes. Which again is absolutely going to change how they, they, they have to completely reinvent this. So what yes. did they do? They turned themselves into landlords. Oh boy. They turned which is so all they share- still had the land. Yes, that's all sharecropping became. Yeah. Is you rented the land to the people. So now yeah. you've gone from being a slaveholder to a landlord. Yeah. And and sharecropping for for people that that don't understand it, maybe we should define sharecropping. Go for it. I'm um, not gonna. Okay. All you buddy, I got okay. a lot of reading to do. Um in fact, let me let me get a more formal definition. Sharecropping is a form of agriculture in which a landowner allows a tenant to use the land in return for a share of the crops produced on their portion yeah. of the land. Yeah. So a little bit of feudalism. 
Yeah, I, pretty pretty well. What I, the analogy I was going to do is, is sharecropping has a long history, and there are a wide range of different situations and yeah. types of agreements that have used the system. Some are governed by tradition, others by law, legal contract systems. Um, yeah, you see it all over the place. Yeah. Uh, you 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 had it all over. again. You yes. you farm some of this land. You're allowed to keep. I I own the land. You wouldn't have the land otherwise. So I'll let you keep what you've made on it, so that you can eat and be happy and sell some of it if you make enough, and then the rest of it goes to me as my rent. It is a serfdom chair it is a serfdom it's a landlord system it's it's garbage yeah and and you got to be careful too because like i mean obviously co-ops themselves is a very socialist thing well yeah but there are people that will call sharecropping uh farming cooperatives no (laughs) no yeah just no yeah guys just say no to calling sharecropping Farming cooperatives. Yeah. Just say no. So, uh, be very careful when you look at a co-op. That's the one time Nancy Reagan was right. Just say no <laughs> to that and that alone. Well, then there's other things, but yeah. Um. So yeah. So there we go. So the main the main feature of the Southern economy changed from an elite elite minority of landed gentry into tenant farming and agriculture. So that, but that again, that's nowhere near as lucrative. Nowhere near as lucrative. Right. You can't. Right. It's a huge loss. It's a there. huge, huge loss in your ability. So now you have you have effectively taken your 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 bourgeoisie. Um, it's the button on the side. You've effectively taken your bourgeoisie and and crippled their their status. They don't have their their antebellum ways, and they don't get to go to the debutante balls and all That's this right. other fun That's bullshit. Right. But. They still absolutely have their their form of control, they have control because they control the land. You didn't solve this this crisis by suddenly giving mm-hmm. people less capital and other people no capital. Yeah, They're, you're just going to recreate the same problem just on a smaller, less profitable scale for the for the minority, which yeah. is going to or for yeah. the the gentry, yeah, which is going to you know breed embitterment. Yeah. Wonder how that worked. The end of the Civil War was accompanied by a large migration of new freed people to the cities. In the cities, African Americans were relegated to the lowest paying jobs, such as unskilled uh, and service labor, which we again saw a lot in uh, Black Bolshevik. Yes. Men worked as rail workers, rolling in th- uh, lumber mill workers, hotel workers. Large population. The large population of slave artisans during the antebellum period had not been translated into a large number of freedmen artisans during Reconstruction. Black women largely were confined to domestic work employed as cooks, maids, and child nurses. Others worked in hotels. A large uh, number became laundresses. The dislocations had severe negative impacts on the black population with a large amount of sickness and death. Exactly what you'd imagine in any sort of mass migrate, mass forced migration and complete change in culture, way of life, sure. works, everything. You're, you're going, it, it's just, and then all of a sudden even that part of it changes when you go from, you know, being in whatever slave conditions and places you were, again, you were mm-hmm. out in the, if you go from the country working whatever that form of, of labor is to the city sure. and then you have a whole nother kind of labor and again, you're yeah. just going to, you're going to have different conditions. Conditions different, everything. It's, it's sure, wildly sure. Different. But throughout the thing, black people were treated like garbage. I mean, that's every themselves. single time and every, every single instance, every single it's the American way. fucking tradition. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking disgusting. If there's one thing we do great, it's treat indigenous people and any people of color like subhumans. Yeah, we're great at it. Yeah. Um, happy Australia Day, folks down in Australia. Oh, God, how yeah. you, how y'all doing down there? <laughs> having fun, <laughs> having a good time. <laughs> no, shout out to extremely online left and the rest of you guys down there that were pro- out of the protest yesterday. Good, great, good on you. Um, and when I say yesterday, this will come out in a month. So y- y'all know, yeah. y'all know what you're doing down there, Spider Rally. <laughs> um, over a quarter of the Southern white men of military age, uh, the backbone of the South's white workforce died during the war. So 25% of your workforce died, uh, leaving countless families destitute. 
Yeah. Which, again, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Sure. Per capita income for white Southerners declined from $125 in 1857 to $80 in 1879. That's kind of wild when you go that far forward and then go that far backwards in terms of earnings. Sure. That, that plus natural inflation, all of that kind of stuff, you know that's that that's going to be a huge, huge hit. Yeah. Now again, that's per capita, which will obviously not always tell you the full story, but you get it. By the end of the 19th century and well into the 20th century, the South was locked into a system of poverty. Hey, guys, that continued to the 21st century. I'm not sure if you're aware. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. How much of this failure was caused by the war and by the previous reliance on agriculture remains the subject of debate among economists and historians. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, completely building your system on slave labor. Not a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've solved that one, economists sub- and historians. Subject of debate just means there's a bunch of people that want to blame it on black people. That's a both. That's a lot of both sides there. Yeah, that's a lot, <laughs> a lot of both sides there. Yeah, like the, the damn Northerners came down and screwed it all up and set our black people free, and then the black people ruined it with the Reconstruction. It's like no, fuck you. Fuck it, you. It's it's because you you expected slavery to exist. Yeah, forever. it's because yeah you you thought the gravy train would ever end, and hey, yeah. it ended. Yeah. During the Civil War, radical Republican leaders argued that slavery and the slave power had to be permanent. Destroyed. All right. Again, radicals. Good. Good job. Yep. Moderates said this could be easily accomplished as soon as the Confederate States Army surrendered and the Southern states repealed secession and accepted the Thirteenth Amendment. Guys, we're going to take Baghdad in a week. It's going to be great. They're going to welcome us as liberators. No big deal. No, don't nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. The moderates are in control. Don't worry. Oh God. Um. Most of this had happened by uh, December of 1865. Uh, Spoiler alert, we did not solve Reconstruction in 1865. (laughs) President Lincoln was the leader of the moderate Republicans. (laughs) 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 And wanted to speed up Reconstruction and reunite the nation painlessly and quickly. Because liberals are delusional assholes. Yes. Lincoln quickly uh, formally began Reconstruction late in 1863 with his 10% plan. And oh, guys... I don't know if we're going to get to it this episode. When we get to the fucking 10% plan, I'm going to have a stroke on Mike. You're, I'm going to have to like adjust the levels for the amount of yelling I will do for that. There'll be a trigger warning before I start yelling about it because it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in all my time in this pod cave. And I've heard some dumb shit. I'm excited. I read Kropotkin in this cave. I'm just saying. I read some dumb shit. That was an unnecessary jab at anarchist. I am sorry. Lincoln formally began, yep, 10% plan. Lincoln pocket vetoed the radical Republican plan, the Wade Davis Bill of 1864, which was much more strict than the 10% plan. Spoiler alert, anything is going to be more strict than the 10% plan. It's stupid. By 1866, the opposing faction of radical Republicans was skeptical of Southern intentions. White reactions included outbreaks of mob violence against blacks, uh, which we saw a little bit of during the, uh, I guess, is now as good a time as any to bring up the the East St. Louis thing? Uh, Yeah. 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 You want to do that now? Yeah. All right. Mid, mid-episode break, guys. As um, long as we don't wade into the details. We're not going to wade into the details. Here's the thing. Needs that. At some point, and I'm, we may have cut it, we may not have, we may not have been as thorough as we want to in our editing, but we were going to, the whole goal was we were going to do this whole thing on Reconstruction, and then we were going to read a piece by Du Bois to yeah. get us ready. And that piece was going to be uh, the on from the uh, NAACP news, yeah. newspaper that he, he wrote yeah. on the, what he saw in the riots in East St. Louis. And Nathan uh, thought that a great idea would be, hey, I'm not going to read this beforehand. I want to read it and react to it live because that's how I like to do these readings because I feel like I get more uh, – I, I dig into it more and I can talk about it more when I do it that way as opposed to having it pre-prepared. Yeah. 
And so I started reading it and I got about a quarter of the way into it. And me and David both got what I can only describe as mildly physically ill and had to both agree to stop and then not record for a week because it was so abhorrent. Yeah. And, and Nathan is, is I know his brand of humor, the, the mildly ill you're thinking. No, I mean like, no, we, we had to stop. We had to physically we stop reading physically because stop it was and leave. nauseating. Yeah. It was bad. It was not Um bad. If you want to go read that, by all means. Um, from what if, I have if read. It, if it's important to know how gruesome it is. But we decided that none of our listeners are people that have trouble comprehending how brutal a lynching riot is. Yes. And, and that's what it was. And... Um, we we are not here to provide gore porn nope. or to to put people through trauma. Nope, nope. It was bad, especially and, ourselves. Uh, if there's anyone yeah. that we're not going to traumatize, it's ourselves. Because and, no, mm. and so to some degree, there's there's you know unradicalized, maybe you know soggy liberals or or conservative people that that want to tell themselves that you know these these lynch mobs weren't so bad or or you know just don't. If believe you say the, the words lynch mobs and not so bad in the same sentence, just get out. Don't listen. Yeah. I don't want you. Sorry, um, you're not I, a comrade. I mean, there's some amount of people in the world that definitely need need to read that. We don't think any of them are listening to us, and yes, no you're all good to people. Drag people through that level of trauma because it was it was shaking. It was very bad. Yeah, um, very, 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 very bad. So that being said, we are instead going to read a much uh, less violent piece, mm-hmm. also by Du Bois, uh, uh, on Booker T. Washington and others, which is much more in line with us because it's uh, a man dunking on another intellectual rival yeah. via literature, which is much more our speed than we, talking we, about violence. We're getting violence. back in our like yes. you know Marx Lenin fast lane of. We're dunk getting on back in our lane. We know what we, we do. We, we, we know we what we hear. Du Bois dunk on Booker T. Exactly. So. Yes. That all ties back to, again, the, the riots in, in East St. Louis were an extension of this sort of violence yeah, against uh, I, I believe it was like transit. 200 people died. Was yes. It? It was I believe, yeah. Unbelievable. And, and in ways that are not. And I have read I have read since that there is there is wide there is widespread debate as to whether or not Du Bois actually sensationalized that in an effort to shock people into doing something. I mean, when you read it, you want to feel it sensational because it's so gruesome. You really hope. But I, I, don't, really, I don't I don't think, don't think so. So, yeah, no, no I don't I, think so. I, he seems pretty committed to being. Yeah, accurate. it was bad. It was it was very bad. It was very yeah. bad. I will not link it. If you want, no, 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 no. You can you can Google. It was it. a bad day. It was yeah. a bad day. It was a bad day. It was, it was the last thing we read in the cave. It was really depressing. And the thing yeah. I read to cheer us up was the ten percent plan by Lincoln, <laughs> just to give you an idea of what that is. So it's uh, there's there's some fun coming. I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, by 1866, the opposing faction of radical Republicans was skeptical of Southern intentions. Uh, the reactions they broke, again, we broke out in mob violence, such as the Memphis riots of 1866, the New Orleans massacre of 1866. Radical Republicans demanded a prompt and strong federal response to protect freedmen and curb Southern racism. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. Congressman Thaddeus Stevens of Pennsylvania and Senator Charles Sumner of Massachusetts led the Republicans. Now, a lot of people probably do not know Thaddeus Stevens. But a lot of people probably have, if nothing else, a passing knowledge of Charles yes. Sumner. Um, David, do you know what Sumner is most famous for? What he's most famous for? What he's most famous for in general knowledge, in the group, in the in the collective consciousness. What does Charles Sumner get known for? 
This <laughs> feels like a trick question. It's not a trick question. The thing he's most notable for is getting caned on the Senate floor yeah. by uh, for, by for Thaddeus. Uh, no, no, Stevens was on his side. Oh, um, they both led the. It, basically, he was the he was the radical wing, and he was quote unquote impugning the integrity of yeah. one of the Southern uh, uh, members of Congress, so one of their family yeah. members, uh, by calling them out for being wild racist assholes. And so uh, guy uh, just came at him with a cane and beat the ever loving shit out of him on the Senate floor to the point that like permanently damaged him. Um, so that's Charles Sumner. He is our. He, imagine if a dude just in Congress today just like came across the aisle at Bernie Sanders and just like took a bat at his head. Like that's yeah. the equivalent of it, and that's like a whole story. There's a dollop on it if you want to go see it. The caning of Sumner. It's a it's a solid one. I was gonna say I think they did like a Lincoln movie recently, and wasn't Thaddeus? Uh, it was either Thaddeus or it was Sumner. Are, are you assuming that I saw? Are you assuming that I saw the Steven Spielberg? Daniel Day-Lewis Lincoln movie like good lord I wasn't even radicalized at that time and even I knew that I wasn't going to say that bullshit it was garbage it was garbage but I think they did I think they uh, I, I think they tried to twist it where I can't remember if it was Sumner or Thaddeus Some, someone was was Tommy Lee Jones's character and kind of like it played as the actual main character of the movie oh that makes sense okay well I'll bet you yeah. they didn't include the 10% plan in that movie because otherwise people <laughs> would have chuckled their way out of the theater um Oh, God, yes. Sumner argued that secession had destroyed statehood, but the Constitution still extended its authority and its protection over individuals, as in the existing U.S. territories, which we see we have that. Um, Stevens and his followers viewed secession as having left the states in a status like new territories. The Republicans sought to prevent Southern politicians from restoring the historical subordination of Negroes. Since slavery was abolished, the Three-Fifths Compromise no longer applied to counting the population of blacks. After the 1870 census, the South would gain numerous additional representatives in Congress based on the population of freedmen. One Illinois Republican expressed a common fear that if the South were allowed to simply restore its previous established powers, that the reward of treason will be an increased representation. So basically, hey, the Three-Fifths Compromise was there to make sure that the South didn't have overrepresentation when they held slaves. Yeah. If you just bring them back in, kick that compromise out, all you know, throw that all out, and keep the same system of oppression they have in, they're just going to be overrepresented again and still have the same power structures in place. Yeah. They're absolutely right. That's exactly what would happen if you did it that way. So you know, the radical Republicans are trying to figure out how you solve that. Mm-hmm. After Lincoln's assassination in April 1865, uh, Andrew Johnson of Tennessee, who had been elected with Lincoln in 1864 as vice president, became president. Johnson rejected the radical program of Reconstruction, because of course he did, and instead appointed his own governors and tried to finish Reconstruction by the end of 1865, because apparently this is like a house-flipping show, and he's on a deadline. <laughs> um, I, I don't understand what the what the point they there is. They put out some granite countertops, yeah, like I nice mean, new back all right, we're gonna have to cut. We're going to have to cut the, the bonus room in the basement, but... Uh, uh, and, and oh, oh, and that uh, equality for for African Americans that's gonna have to go too. Um, but then, yeah, we're gonna get this done on budget and on time, baby. Let's yeah, go. Welcome back to fucking or flipping Civil War. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> uh, oh shit, that was good. Uh, while Democrats celebrated, the Republicans rallied and they passed the bill again. This is the uh, Civil Rights Act. They were trying to pass the original Civil Rights Act. Um, Johnson obviously vetoes that because he's yeah. an asshole. Um, Full-scale political warfare now existed between Johnson, who was with the Democrats, and the radical Republicans. So you have Johnson, who ostensibly this. If you're, again, if you're going to try and bring this into modern context, you've got be the equivalent of like Obama's president 
but there's a faction of actual leftists in Congress okay. who are radically opposing Obama. Okay. And so Obama just aligns himself with like the moderate Republican jackasses instead of his own party because he doesn't want to agree with what his actual, you know, the fringe of his party wants. So it's it's like the 60s. Okay. Yeah, that works too. There's yeah. another example that we could use. It's like the 60s. <laughs> um so, so that's that's all going on now. Uh, since the war had ended, Congress rejected Johnson's argument that he had the power to uh, the war power to decide what to do. Uh, amazing when we had that fun little check on the system. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. I wonder what that would be like again if we had that one. Um, <laughs> no, never mind. Congress said it had the primary authority to decide how Reconstruction should proceed because the Constitution stated the United States had to guarantee each state a Republican form of government. Mm-hmm. The radicals insisted that meant Congress decided how Reconstruction should be achieved. The issues were multiple. Who would decide? Congress or the president? President, how should Republicanism operate in the South? What was the status of the former Confederate states? What was the citizenship status of leaders of the Confederacy? What was the citizenship status or suffrage status of freedmen? And the election of 1866 decisively changed that balance of power because it gave Republicans two-thirds majorities in both houses of Congress enough votes to overcome any of Johnson's vetoes. They moved to impeach Johnson because, yeah, of course you do, because of his constant attempts to thwart uh, their Reconstruction measures sure. by using the Tenure of Office Act. That's the one thing okay. that like nobody... Andrew, everyone kind of like passively knows, okay, like three people got impeached. It was like Andrew Johnson and then Bill Clinton and then Trump. Yeah. Um, but, but like, what did you impeach? All right. Well, Bill Clinton got impeached for a blowjob. Nixon, yeah. Nixon, well, Nixon was going to get impeached, but then he resigned before he could get impeached. Uh, gotcha. So okay. he, he skates by. Um, or maybe it was he resigned before the actual trial would have happened. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Johnson's was the. If you want a very clear example of they were just being petty b- bitches about it, which they yeah. were, but I mean, power to them. I'm all sure. Forward. Yeah, no, I know. They were on the right side of. Being I'm a petty. petty I'm a petty bitch at my core. Do use the system the way you want to. Stop yeah. trying to play on decorum. Um, they basically he fired a member of like he, he violated the Tenure of Office Act, which says you can't fire the Secretary of War because he'd been in office for too long, and he's like, fuck it, I'm firing him anyway. And they they I mean, it's so Trumpian level, like just a stupid bullshit. Thing that ridiculous technicality. Yeah, ridiculous. Instead of the the myriad of real things, they're trying him on the most bullshit thing they can think of. But hey, I mean, it's stuck. They got him. Um, now nah, they didn't really get him, but they they did impeach him. Um, Johnson was acquitted by one vote in the Senate, Oof. but he had at that point lost the influence to shape Reconstruction policy. There was obviously no confidence in him. He wasn't going to be able to do anything going forward. Yeah, anything that close. Uh, Republican Congress established military districts in the South and used Army personnel to administer the region until new governments loyal to the Union that had accepted the Fourteenth Amendment and the right of freedmen to vote could be established. Congress temporarily suspended the ability to vote of approximately 10,000 to 15,000 former Confederate officials and senior officials, while constitutional amendments gave full citizenship to all African Americans and suffrage to all adult men. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that controversial about. No, that is how you do a revolution. Yeah, 10 to 15,000 officials. Yeah. And senior officers. This isn't like the rank and file. This is this is again the equivalent of the military. This is not your enlisted people. These are people with bars on their chest that actually like actively yeah. want this bullshit and yeah. not just the guys that got drafted because oh my god, I can imagine the Civil War was a little bit of a a little bit of a, a, a drafty situation, a little bit of a sure, tiff probably, going on yeah. there. Yeah, I mean you kinda you basically had to join or or yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, you didn't really have the, yeah, you're, you're yeah, house, house divided. Right. All Ken Burns documentary footage rolls. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of where we were at. We had established a, a military uh, dictatorship of sorts over the South. Yes, yes. And we were, uh, we were ready to go there. And 
on that cliffhanger, we're going to see you next week, guys. Oh, boy. We're uh, see you next week. I know. I know. We are uh, about a quarter of the way done with this. So oh, good. Right on track for three We episodes. are really, really just chucking and jiving. Yes. We're going to really just... Uh, burning right through it. Burning right through it. It's going to be great. Um, that being said, if you want to correct us on any of our fun reconstruction <laughs> facts or anything we've said at any time because we are wildly receptive to feedback, if you think we've said something fucked up, tell yeah, us. Yeah, if we, we randomly get something from like episode seven of capital we'll still correct it oh my god yes yeah if anywhere yeah. any point in time if it's wrong we we want to make it right like yeah. one way or another so just let us know um the ways to let us know are you can email us directly at mm-hmm. marksmadnesspod at gmail.com yep you can uh tweet us or dm us our dms are open on twitter uh at marksmadnesspod on twitter mm-hmm. um or if you want immediate response and a high five and a gold star you can go to the dumb and awful discord because that is where i nathan at the very least spend most of my time um on the internet because uh i don't like twitter because it's a hellscape so i prefer not to engage with it and discord's fun and there are just comrades in there and i i, I prefer just hang out with comrades than like five percent comrades and then garbage humans um so i mean i'm just i'm just making choices for my own mental health there so if you want to find me discord dumb and awful's discord server is the place to do it um and that being said i can't think of anything else. is there anything else that you had coming up david no that that's no good on there. okay um, uh, only other thing because it will be probably coming up fairly quick on the heels of this one so like next yeah. the 29th you would have heard the uh Fuck, the second part of Color Wars, fifth would have been Du Bois. So this is the you should be hearing this on the twelfth yes. of, of February. So there also very soon should be an episode uh coming up with me and Mandatory OT. Um our our good friends of the our representatives of the IWW of uh, West Virginia. Um they are doing a reading series on Kim Il sung. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that'll be the end of February. We're going to be doing that one. It looks like it's like the nice. very end of February. But just so you, can, if you haven't already heard of them, um, their comrades are good people. They're great. Uh, they do a lot of uh, organizing out in the uh, West Virginia Appalachian area. Cool. And uh, and yeah, they're going to bring the before that they're bringing on a uh, someone who got their doctorate in the DPRK to oh, talk. And then we're going to do they want to do a little crossover. Where we do some reading of 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 one of the Kims. And this would be the first time we got into Korean theory. And I'm all here for that. Oh yeah, Juche theory. I think yeah. Juche Juche is going to be uh, fun as shit. So, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, speaking of reading, I did kind of forget. Um, I don't know if this is coming out before or after our current events episode. Uh, uh, but, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good theory. If you uh, haven't heard the current events episode, it's after that. If you yeah. have, it's before. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but in the current a- events episode, uh, I kind of allude to that I recommend everybody reading Rasheed Johnson's book. And I forgot to actually mention the name of the book. It is Panther Vision by Rasheed Johnson. I am going to be getting it myself. Hell um, yeah. So, yeah, let's, let's uh, check that one out, guys. Fuck yeah. Yep. Um, that being said, uh, I'm Nathan. I'm David. I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.